We're always seeing this ever-raging battle between baby boomers and Gen Z. We get a great microcosm of that battle on the podcast Club Random with Bill Maher when he has guest Bella Thorne on there. A lot of people might remember Bella Thorne from the Disney Channel. A lot of people might know Bella Thorne from the recent scandal with OnlyFans, which she promised to produce certain racy images and she never produced those images. Well... In that particular episode, Bill Maher and Bella Thorne have a back and forth, a little bit hostile at times about therapy, anxiety, and I think it just serves as a great platform to have a philosophical discussion about what we see going on every day in culture, in podcasts, on social media, the whole baby boomers versus Gen Z, and how millennials are somewhat stuck in the middle of it. And how you have a lot of millennials that seem to agree with Bill Maher's take. And then you get a lot of them that seem to agree with Bella Thorne. So today we're going to have a great philosophical discussion about all of those things, including therapy, including anxiety, and including culture and society at large from the perspective of baby boomers, millennials, and Gen Z. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website, donate an amount of your choosing. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So as a lot of you know that listen to the show regularly, we are fans of Bill Maher. We don't necessarily agree with him on everything when it comes to politics, but I know I find him very funny. Um, I actually just watched his latest stand-up special for HBO called Adulting. I still think he's sharp, one of the top guys in the game. Um, You could probably call out a list of comedians and and say, oh, you have the chance to go see these people live, and he would probably be in my top three easily that I would want to go see live. Um, And his level of humor is very sophisticated. He tells jokes that I don't think a lot of comedians can tell because he's not only a comedian and an expert comedian, but he's also an expert in the field, in the realm of politics. He's very informed. He knows a lot about politics. So that gives him an added... Uh, layer, if you will. But what's even more interesting about than all of that and makes him even more complex is the fact that now he has another show. It's a podcast and it's also a YouTube channel 
called Club Random with Bill Maher. And this particular show, he talks about things that aren't in the realm of politics. And just like we do, we talk about trending topics and current news on this show. We do cover politics a lot, but we also cover a lot of other topics that aren't politically politically related. And so naturally, people like us would have a liking to something like that and that sort of content because it's nice to see somebody that's such an expert in one particular field and really show their their chops when it comes to like something totally different. Yeah. Club Random is is a very funny show. It's it's uh, great conversations. I've listened to the episode he had with Quentin Tarantino. It's great. The one with Bella Thorne, that one's great. Uh, we were just looking at a snippet from the one that he has with Pierce Morgan, the yeah. new, the newest one. That great. one looks like it's going to be pretty decent too. So he's good. I recommend it. Now, what's interesting about the particular episode that we're going to cover, and we're not even covering the whole episode because there's a lot of stuff in 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 that episode that just wouldn't be interesting to to analyze and and do commentary on, but there is one part specifically that stood out to me, and it was the part where they start to get into the realm of mental health, anxiety, therapy, counseling, all that sort of thing. Um, And you really do see just this very profound and noticeable dichotomy between Bill Maher and Bella Thorne when it comes to the difference between Bill Maher representing baby boomers and Bella Thorne representing Gen Z. And I think who better to give you the that sort of analysis of that than us, considering that we are millennials and this is what we do. We break this sort of stuff down. So I remember listening to that particular episode being really enthralled with it. I listened to the whole thing pretty much all the way straight through. And then I let you know about it. Yeah. And then after we talked, how long after I, 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 I put you on, did you listen to it? And what was your initial impression of it? I think I either listened to it the day of, like half, half of it the day of, and then like the next half, like the morning after. And I found it interesting. I thought it was pretty badass uh and it's like a different version of bill marley you said we're so used to him being in the realm of politics you would think like naturally he'll be like oh well i'm gonna mention something political no it never was really political it was just like just a real chill version of him just kind of hanging out laid back having a conversation and letting that be that and so i enjoyed it I thought the my takeaways from that uh, were definitely like he's he's open to and he well, we we knew this from the show he's open to other what other people's thoughts are like to to like listen and try to understand it even if he doesn't see eye to eye yeah and and the mental health uh, portion of it did stand out because you could tell that he's not of the cloth of the Bella Thorne 
yeah so types so the whole thing starts off because obviously he's and anybody that knows about bill Maher, he's a big advocate of weed big proponent yeah. he loves weed um and she is apparently a big proponent of weed as well and i guess because i was listening to the audio version I, I i wasn't seeing the video of it yeah she got a whole gift box uh-huh. yeah some like she sells like uh it's w- like for, like a company like that- her it's like a weed company right? yeah yeah and so uh they're getting into the whole thing and he's um he's congratulating her and and he's giving her a lot of uh praise i guess because i like from what i could gather from the audio he was really impressed with how the box looks and yeah and the yeah. whole setup of it and everything and then naturally him being a person that asks good questions he gets into the whole question of well how did she decide to get into this yeah then this is where it starts to get interesting so he asks that question and she throws out the trendy, fashionable buzzword of anxiety. Yeah. I have so much anxiety and we just helps me deal with the anxiety. And so he naturally gets into, well, what is it with you young kids all having anxiety? <laughs> Which is very true. I don't know how familiar you are with it, but I read a lot about it. I see it out in the street. I hear it from different people. There's so many younger people in the younger half of the millennials and then and then Gen Z that just anxiety everywhere, anxiety, anxiety, yeah. anxiety, anxiety. And so she says, oh, well, it's just so hard when you look at the world and it's so it's so messed up everywhere you look, it's so messed up. And I thought that his comeback was absolutely 100% perfect. He says, how could you feel like that when your generation doesn't know shit about the world? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that was, a, that was a great point. And to me, it's like, uh, shit, you don't know anything. You don't. You look at stuff from the from the surface level, and you get anxiety. Imagine looking at it from a deep level. Yeah, which he hits her with that when he tells her, "Imagine if you were in Ukraine, like yeah. you were living in Ukraine, dealing with what they're dealing with. It's like that would warrant anxiety. Not living in wherever nice, beautiful mansion she lives. Yeah, smoking weed all day." Yeah, that and then it's like, well, to me, my question is, well, why why do so many people now fall into the um I have anxiety or I have some some form of mental mental health issue. Mental health issue. Do you think like that shit Do you think there's any legitimacy to that or do you think that that's just a a crutch people fall on because that's what what's cool? Well, when you say legitimacy, like, do you mean that they're really, like, dealing with something? Yeah. Like, would you say that a girl like her? Yeah. I, I mean, I think people really deal with stuff. It's just that how much it affects them yeah. is different. Like, for instance, 
just because she's Bella Thorne and every guy wants to nail her and like, you know, she's rich and, and you know, all of that stuff. Does she not have problems? Yeah, I'm sure she has problems. Yeah. Everybody has problems. So that's not the thing. It's the the issue is that Pete, why are people so weak about how they handle those problems? Yeah. Especially when when you put it into perspective, overall, you have a lot less problems than a lot of people. And yeah. there's people that have a lot less, have a lot more problems than you that deal with their problems in a stronger, more effective, more productive, more efficient way. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't think that a person could ever say, oh, this person really isn't dealing with anything. Yeah, they they are. But the, the problem is, is that like, is the way that it affects them. In, in, in such a debilitating way where like you need weed to be able to like survive yeah. and make it through the day and cope. That is what I don't rock with. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree because that's actually what makes uh, the Mark Manton book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck so great. It's like embrace the negative, like yeah. use the negative. Don't let that shit cripple you. No, exactly. like make that shit, like make you be the most powerful version of yourself. Like what Batman did. Yeah, I'm fucking bats freak me the fuck out. I am now Batman. And so if you actually break that down, the comedians are great at that. Comedians yeah. are great at taking like what's what's wrong about the world and making it funny, or or what's uncomfortable. Like literally. A topic that might be taboo that that's what comedians they'll talk about it they'll talk about they'll talk about race they'll talk about uh sexuality they'll talk about culture you know like they'll talk they'll they'll criticize and make fun of shit you know they talk about relationship dynamics i remember like what when uh, um i was gonna say will smith when uh eddie murphy was talking about like uh, the zebra, <laughs> the the zebra bitch, uh -huh. but like how he was basically using that like a girl who's not Americanized, who mm -hmm. then becomes Americanized, and how that changes her. Like that might be kind of uncomfortable to talk about, or cheating, or things like that. Like things that people would be like, oh damn, and he would even say certain things that guys might do, and then like he's like, look at the girls, look at the guys now, you know, like yeah. it's uncomfortable. But funny because there's some truth to it, yeah. And it's like a, it's a, it's a analyzation of the world of people, and so yeah, that's that's part that's part of life. And and anxiety is real. Everyone gets gets anxiety, but the thing is, it's like how do you? And I actually asked a very good question because he said he's like, well, what gives you anxiety? He's like, because he's like, this is what my my problem is with, with society now. It's like, we never get to the root cause of the problem. I remember yeah. you had a point. I don't know if you made this point in a podcast prior to this, like a while back, or maybe in conversation, you had made up a very good point. It's like, people fall on the crutch that they have anxiety, but they don't actually stop and, and, and really think about, well, what is making me anxious? Therefore, once I know what makes me anxious... How do I deal with the anxiety? 
what can I do to make it better? Yeah. What can, you know, like, because those are the things that a person would do to, to better deal with anxiety, the, you know? The problem is, and you see that she has this habit, and many people nowadays have it, whatever, wherever they start to feel challenged and they start to feel a conflict brewing, rather than confront the conflict, confront the challenge, deal with it, and perhaps learn in that conflict, automatically they start to want to pivot the conversation elsewhere. Oh, let's talk about something happy. Let's talk. And then, and then if you notice, a lot of these people, they, they sort of like make a scene about it. Yeah. it. They sort of make a scene because it's like they want to show that like, oh, well, this person, they're, they're bothering me. They're, they're bugging me. I'm a happy person. When yeah. they're typically people that act like that, are the least happy among us because to be a happy person, this is a person that like is constantly dealing with issues. Like, yeah. and when I mean not that they have issues, but whatever issues occur, they're constantly dealing with it. That's yeah. how you be a happy person. Yeah. That's how people are like, man, how are you able to just like not drink and just, you know, just be sober and be chill? It's because, <laughs> well, like I don't like I like life like I you know yeah. I, I I'm content with life but how well because there's a, such a thing as purpose there's such a thing as productivity there's such a thing as ambition yeah and in order to get to those places in order to accomplish those things in order to grow in those areas you deal with problems as they occur like yeah. but but that's the problem is that so many people don't and so bella thorne obviously like she has sort of a sketchy history in terms of how people view her because she's yeah. pretty much like a sex symbol nobody like really respects her in terms of like who she is as a person no it's no. just like oh well that's a hot chick oh, i'd nail her like it's yeah. pretty much that so yeah, I'm sure she has some reconciling to do when yeah. it comes to that. She and that would suck if you think about it. Like you're known for one thing. Yeah. Like if if you did a a role in a movie and you're like the the nerd, so now all the roles you get is like you're a nerd. You know, you probably like, well, I, heck, I can do more. You know, and so you kind of understand that. I can understand like how that might bother her or that might bother someone. And you notice that sort of behavior of like not wanting to deal with issues a lot in today in like the political discourse. Who's the people that are always like blocking somebody? It's always like lefties that block people yeah. that don't agree with them. It's like, well, can we just have a conversation? Yes. Oh, because for you, it's about who's right and who's wrong. Well, yeah, because somebody in this discussion is right and somebody is wrong. Yeah. And that's okay if you're wrong. Why don't you just like learn from that and become better? But no, because when you're so tribal and and you're so ide ideological about it, that's what that's what what ends up happening. I'm not saying that that's necessarily the the situation with Bella Thorne, but that is the situation when it comes to like discourse today in society. But if you notice, like when they start to get into the realm of of like jokes and like 
Bill Maher is of the belief, and so am I, that like trans people shouldn't be impervious, shouldn't shouldn't be uh, uh, impervious to being able to like tell jokes about them. No, you, nobody. But she was like, oh, no, I don't think so because you don't know what a person is going through and this and that. But and she wasn't like hearing it. And like the thing is, bitch, like he's the comedian here. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. you don't have any well-developed philosophy about comedy. Like, yeah, it, it, you at least you haven't substantiated one. You haven't shown that you have one. Yeah. So if. You don't have any well-developed philosophy about comedy. I would imagine this is a moment where you should probably just shut up and listen to the comedian who his life is comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes even ask a question, you know, like if you don't understand the person or. Well, how are you going to get to how are you going to get to ask if you're not even willing to like listen? Shut well, up yeah. Listen, well, yeah. That's the thing. Because she was like not having it. Right. Like, and yeah. That's so the you thing. can't even you can't even get to ask if, if you don't even have the capacity to just shut up and listen. Yeah. But better than to say, oh, well, you, you don't know what they're going through. Is that, well, don't you think that you joking about them? You don't think that that might hurt them in any way? Or how do you what's your outlook on that? You know what I mean? Which at which point Bill Maher would be like, well, no, this is what I, you know yeah, what I mean? But I think to even get to that point would have required some degree of processing what the person is saying, yeah. which she's not doing. Yeah. Like if somebody wants to pivot the discussion into, oh, let's talk about happy things. If you talk about, if you're talking about a per person like that, then essentially you're talking about a person that doesn't have the capacity to even process what the opposing side is saying. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you were just, like I said, shut up and listen, it's like, okay, I'm gathering what you're saying. I'm processing it. Okay. Okay. I agree with that part, but I don't agree with this part. Boom. I've kind of compiled this list of questions in my head. Boom. Now I'm going to ask. Yeah. That's like a more sophisticated thing. But again, we're talking about a generation that by and large is so weak to the point where it's like they'd rather almost in a way live in denial yeah. of like what's really before them rather than rather than deal with it henceforth like all of the rampant drug use because yeah. in this particular case we're talking about weed but but like we see the drug use amongst younger people like with the pills and all of that shit the data is out there. We've covered it. The opioid epidemic, all of that Should stuff. The music reflects it. The music reflects yeah. it. It's a, exactly. So it's real. It's definitely real. They they seek this this uh, the feeling of numbness to feel nothing essentially. Yeah. And because it's everything is so overbearing, well, it's like when do you process this stuff? But that's a, that reminds me of something that Sandman said recently in a video uh, where he was talking about how people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And I do notice yeah. that with people. And the problem that he points out, and I tend to agree with this, the problem with it is that how do you really cultivate solutions for problems 
when your mind doesn't even have the attention span to sit and deal with a problem or a thought or an issue yeah. long enough to deal with it. That's true. You know, so that's the that's the issue with with the short attention spans. And uh, the book that I'm reading right now, the the accidental creative, uh, the guy that writes that book. He's he talks about that because you know like the book is geared towards people in like creative industries. Yeah. But he's saying how he says in the book how you, he sees lots of cases where their work is stifled because of attention span issues, checking the phone, you know, got oh, oh, yeah. to response emails, this and that and everything like that. And it's just like, well, no, now is not the time for that. Now is the time to create. And you think about it, there was a time where people didn't have cell phones and didn't have all of this stuff. And like what they do, they went to work, they worked and then, you know, they came home or whatever. And like they were more conscious about the moment that they were in versus being partly in the moment and then partly elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I try to. uh, One thing I don't like, like that kind of reminds me of that is when you go to a concert. Mm-hmm. And like you're just taking video upon video upon video of the, like I understand if you take a picture, right, or something like artistically. Like I like to take pictures uh, more than video, but like or videos. Like if the ambiance is badass, like oh, let me take a picture that, that looks artistic or whatever. That looks that looks badass. I want to save that. Uh, but like there's people who will literally be in a whole concert with the phone up, recording the whole thing, and it's like well. You're there though. Yeah, you're, and like, are you're you missing ever even it. really gonna watch this again yeah. on your phone? You know, That's, it, it, yeah, like that. And it's like, you know, you, this is like great. Like the, like you, you don't pay attention to things. Like like when we were sitting down for the Kanye uh, concert, like, you know, you look around, you're paying attention. You're like, wow, look at the Democrat. Like, there's no key Democrat. Like, it's just all types of people. Yeah, and Kanye has transcended culture because like. And then you start thinking about it. So you're like, wow, like the, the clothing, the music. Fucking an Indian person just passed me. An older ass white person just passed me. Fucking Mexican family just passed Like this is a guy who like this. He's transcended. Like it's just yeah. wild. Then like you start, you know, you're listening to the music. You're vibing. You're seeing like how people are reacting. I don't know. It's like an, it's a whole experience. The stage. And, and. Time and time again, that's this is one situation, but like I see that at like a breakfast joint. So the family and they're all on the phone. The kids are on the phone, the wife is on the phone, yeah, the dad is on the phone. Like you're literally just like a robot, like just eating, but not really there at, in the moment. Yeah. Um you see that sometimes with with uh like the dynamic with parents and kids, like the kids always on the iPad or yeah, and like you stop seeing kids going to play like it freeze tag like shit that we used to play when we were little, and you, you I guess the you kind of start thinking like wow, what does this do to a society and to a group of you know like like a, a whole generation yeah moving forward, and I think that. Partly, if you think about it, like things have become rather easier and more accessible as we've gotten older. Like, if you think about like 
your phone is now your radio, your phone, your calculator, your fucking weather channel. Like, it's literally everything. And so sometimes I think, like, is it because life is easier that, like, things become harder to deal with? You know what I mean? Like, is it because things happen to be less of a struggle that you you feel like is is it or is it like the human mind that like is trying to be like well i'm not struggling right now so like anxiety at 100 or yeah. i feel like i don't feel good at 100 is it is it the fact that like we don't look kind of like the the biggie song the more money more problems type of mm-hmm. thing right is that you you would think that being in a better financial situation is better like you'll be but like Soon you find out, oh, well, I got to a different step in my life. And now it's like, well, I still have problems, more problems than, than not. And I used to fucking eat sardines for dinner <laughs> type, yeah. sh- type shit. And I wonder, like, if that's maybe the difference in, in generations from, like, a boomer to a Gen Zer. Yeah, I, I think it could be that. But the problem is, is, like, whatever level you're at, if you don't have purpose to catapult yourself further... Yeah. That's the problem because Elon Musk is the richest man in the world, but I'm sure he doesn't deal with what Bella Thorne is dealing with because this man literally like wants to colonize Mars and and uh uh, uh create uh, uh you know these clean energy initiatives, be energy independent. Shit, now with his initiative with Twitter save free speech like these are all like these these great big things that are that are there to help people yeah to for people and so that's purpose and so it that's the thing it's like well yeah it's like well what is your purpose so it's because because yeah if you have all of these nice things to make your life easier and you don't have any purpose to catapult yourself further, well then yeah, like your the idle mind is the devil's workshop, and there's gonna be a bunch of issues that that like you're faced with and stuff like that, and the world, and I don't understand, and I can't, I, I just can't, I can't deal with it, like I can't wrap my mind around it, you know what I'm saying? Because well, part of purpose is obtaining a level, uh, a higher level of control of your life. So for instance, if you look at anxiety when it comes to the psychological field, it typically stems from an area where people feel like they don't have control. So for instance, people, a lot of people that get social anxiety, well, it's like they can't control people's perception of them. They can't control... To a lesser degree, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know if these people are going to hurt me. It's not really that so much. It's more so like, oh, I don't know what these people think of me. If I talk, are they going to make fun of me? It's like that sort of thing. My clothes, are they they maybe making fun of my clothes? Or maybe they're acting like a certain way with me now. But when I'm not around, they're not going to, they're going to say something different about me. All of that is, those are examples of of thoughts that spark anxiety in somebody. But now, if you have like a purpose that is beyond 
that and and that trans transcends yourself well you're not going to necessarily care about what those people have to say once you leave because whatever it is that you're doing that you're occupying your time with your purpose is going to be so prominent in your mind yeah. that it's like you're not even you don't even really stop to think is like if those people care about you yeah or not or you know what i'm saying yeah do you feel it, it's more okay so when in moments of in, like having anxiety or 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 any negative thought or whatever do you feel like i guess in your experience that you've ever felt like well what you're doing kind of like what you were saying it kind of makes you feel better or do you think it just kind of makes you forget of the like the the negative feelings or how, how do you perceive it like when 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 in, in those I, I, moments? I think it, it it neither i think it it makes you better like it makes you transcend all of that stuff like it's not so much about i feel better no like you you are better you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's the difference between, you know, like taking some medicine, like when you get sick and like you take Dayquil or Nyquil. Well, you're not really better, but like it's making you feel better versus if you eat healthier, you know, more greens, more veggies, all of that stuff. Well, it's like, well, you are better now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now that particular illness is something you don't have to worry about it's, yeah you know what i'm saying so so it's like that it's like well i could not do anything not take nyquil or dayquil and not eat better and the sickness it's gonna bother me it's gonna affect me or i could like a lot of people do buy the nice clothes and the shoes and the chain that's like the nake the nyquil dayquil thing it's like well it's not really making it better but like i feel better so it's like you know it is what it is but the only thing is i gotta keep buying nyquil and dayquil to keep this feeling going and then eventually this nyquil and dayquil is not enough it's gonna burn you out i need more of yeah. it because it's not it's it's not sufficient i become uh i i become desensitized to it yeah uh or i could work out and eat better and 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 live a healthier lifestyle and now i don't have to worry about that shit and so it's kind of like that but when it comes to anxiety it's like well what areas do you have a hard time you know in terms of like where you feel like you you lack lack the control of the the situation Bella Thorne, I don't know what's in her mind, yeah. but I would imagine if you're getting d trashed by all these guys and with some justification, like if you promise like to make on, on like to make a, a flick or a, a put out a naked picture or whatever. Yeah. And you make whatever, what she made like $2 million in like 24 hours or something yeah. like that. And you don't make good on the image it's like well unless you're planning on issuing everybody a full refund like yeah you're gonna get trashed That's and like people are not gonna think highly of you yeah so there's something in there that you need to you need to reconcile you need to you need to rationalize okay well this is why i feel bad I need to give these people back their money or I need to make good on the picture or I need to like not be involved in this sort of 
sexualization yeah. period, maybe I'll feel better about myself. Has she done that? I don't know. And then and then that's where we get into the realm of therapy. Yeah. Um, Bill Maher doesn't seem to be a, a huge proponent of therapy. I'm not. Are you? How do you feel um, about... I'm not a big therapy guy. Like I, I like the idea of therapy. I don't like the idea of having to rely on like a psychiatrist. But that's therapy. <laughs> yeah, but but like the idea of therapy, like see see right there, it's like we link that. Like, oh well that's therapy. But that's what it is. Yeah, but you can't be your own psychiatrist? Or you can't you or your friends like help out with certain situations you see what i'm saying like well yeah but that's not considered therapy yeah i'm talking about therapy in the sense that you pay a motherfucker to go talk to them to try to like sort out your shit but i mean you can't sort it out yourself you can't be no well yeah but sorting it out yourself uh, that society at large doesn't consider that therapy yeah, like self reliance, self sufficiency, but independence, but not therapy. I, I think of therapy like I think of Eastern and Western medicine. It's like Western medicine has its has its strengths, and 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 some of the stuff is like okay, pragmatically, if you have a headache, right, you take a pill and the headache goes away. I understand. But it doesn't get into the root of the problem. And then when you start looking at Eastern medicine, it's like, well, more of the self, more self-awareness. You made a very valid point when you said um, you don't rely on some, uh, on your purpose to make you feel better. You just are better. I agree. Because I've been surprised sometimes of my predicament and how I look at it. And it's like, you don't realize the seeds you plant in your life, how they, they'll carry you. Yeah. But you have to plant the seeds. You have to water the seed. You have to let that shit flourish. And and then you might not even notice. Like, oh, I have a whole garden. And then you fall. And you're like, wow. These fucking roses smell fucking wonderful. But you, you did this, though. So, And so Eastern medicine is about that. It's like, oh, well, meditate. Clear your mind know thyself like like right you know but, like but I, i'm talking therapy in the sense that bill maher and and bella thorne were talking about no, it in i'm the not traditional western medicine i psychiatrist no. psychologist i go every so often and talk to this person that's and, the therapy and, that i'm talking no about. in that case <laughs> i stand with rick sanchez <laughs> and rick and morty like I, I I don't know. That's not right. That's and not that's for a, me. And 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 that's and and she's for that. Bella yeah. Thorne is for that. Bill Maher isn't. And it's interesting because he really likened it to a scam. Well, he even at some at one point in their discussion, he calls it a scam. Uh and she's like, oh, but I love my therapist. He's like, yeah, well, that's part of the scam. Like, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah, they, they want to, you know, and I see where he's going with that. It's like, well, they want to make themselves likable to yeah. the point where you want to keep seeing them. You want to keep returning. Now, 
Did you see that that uh, really, really, really great interview, by the way, with Charlemagne the God and Pusha T? It was very recent. Oh, the, the recent one? No, I yeah. haven't seen that one. It's awesome. It's a great interview. Um, to, to my memory, probably the best interview I've ever seen with Pusha T. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it's a very, very good interview. There's a part in the interview where uh, Charlemagne brings up the fact that, and I didn't know this, the fact that Pusha T's parents recently passed away, both of them, oh, within wow. four months of each other. Oof. And um, he starts crying a little bit during during that part portion of the interview. And Charlemagne says... You should talk to somebody, like in in like in meaning you should go to therapy, and then and it's funny and I really dug how Pusha T responded. He's like, "You think so?" And then Charlamagne's like, "Yeah, man, like you know we be a lot of times like we be going through stuff and like you could tell that Pusha T sort of like disregards that. Like it's like, well, I'm capable of processing this myself. Like I don't yeah. need." And 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 even and then later on in their interview, because that same topic comes up again later in the interview, and Pusha T says something that I think is what you were referring to when you were giving your answer to my question. Pusha T says something along the lines of, "Well, you know, he has people in his life that he could talk to." Yeah, he's like, "I got my wife." He's like, "I got my brother." You know what I'm saying? Like, I have people. You know, and and that wasn't the type of you should talk to somebody that 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 Charlemagne meant. Charlemagne yeah. meant because you know Charlemagne is is really big on the like mental health kick. Like, oh, you should go. To That's his thing. Yeah. Even when his his second his book second is pretty book. much all on that. Which yeah. like I had no interest in his second book. His first book, I love it, Black Privilege. Yeah. But the the second book, like it, it didn't it didn't like Do resonate with me. Yeah. Well, that's the thing though, because it's like, and I don't know if it was like, I think uh, I forget the dude's name, the guy who created The Sopranos. I don't know if it was his intention. Is it Terrence Winter? Terrence? Uh, I know he produced it, but I think it was like something Chase. Well, he was part of uh. He was part of the Boardwalk Empire, too. Uh-huh. I forget his name, though. Something Chase. I know the last name is Chase. Um, but in a way, it's like a critique on therapy. Because it's like, here's a mob boss asking, you know, like, or, or I, not really asking. He goes because he goes, he has panic attacks. But, like, his behavior never changes throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, the therapist helps you understand certain things or you talk about certain things, but you still end up being a hypocrite in a way because you're, are you going there for the panic attacks or why are you going to, to for therapy for if your behavior doesn't change? You know what I mean? Or why? Or I don't know. Like, then there was, I remember an episode where it even shows like certain, certain, like the, her, uh, his therapist kind of like dealing with other therapists and then you see like the culture there as well as like mm-hmm. y'all motherfuckers need therapists the way you guys behave and to me it's like it's it seemed redundant to me and it seemed like something that 
while I might understand for some people, because not everyone's situation is the same, not everyone has a good social circle, not that you can't have a good social circle, but not everyone wants to put in the work. Again, I referred to what you said about wanting to feel healthier. That requires a lot more work than NyQuil and DayQuil, and not a lot of people are willing to put in the work, right? Because that means better eating. That means not being able to eat ice cream all the time <laughs> or, or or fried chicken or, you know, like all the good shit, all burgers. Uh, that means drinking water. That means uh, exercising. That is, it's a lot of stuff to f- like actually be healthier, to actually be healthy than to feel healthy. And so it's the same thing with, with having a social circle. It's like, well you should proactively be around people that you feel like you could be open with. You feel that could give you good advice. You feel that, you know, when, when in doubt, they'll give you good perspective. Uh, you should pay attention to like, because not every friend will have every strength in the world. So you have to also even do the, do the calculations of, oh, well, when it comes to this, maybe I should ask, you know, yeah. K-Cartoon. Know, know your personnel, yeah. essentially. If, if if when it comes to this, maybe Vinsanity is a better option, you know? like And so that takes work. That takes analyzation. You have yeah. to, like, use some critical thinking and be like, okay, well, these are the people in my life. And a lot of times in people's social circles, you see, like, it's pretty one-track mind, you know, like, Oh, it's the people I work with, or oh, it's the people, yeah, the people I grew up with, or oh, it's the people I party with. And while that's cool, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if that's the only type of crowd you're with, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. And so, I can understand those type of people wanting to have a therapist because it's like you get to go in and have the whole umbrella of anonymity. And someone that actually listens to you because you don't feel comfortable enough around the people you hang out with. And to that, I say, well, you ought to want to feel comfortable enough to talk to people about shit, the people around you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if it's uncomfortable, you know, like, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, talking about, oh, like, like if you're not comfortable talking about like dating or you're having a hard time or you're having a hard time with with a relative that's you know it's uncomfortable because it's not like something yeah. you might want to share with everybody but you have to have a group of people that you but, could but that's with. what i was ta- referencing earlier when i said that so many of these people their problem is the minute that they hit a little bit of a rough patch in the conversation where they feel a little bit of a challenge or conflict whether that challenge or conflict is coming from the person they're talking to in sense of like an argument or a debate, or whether that's just something that they feel inside because of whatever it is that they're dealing with, they want to pivot right away. Yeah. It's, oh, well, let's talk about something. This is negative. Let's, and, and if you notice in that particular episode of, of uh, Club Random with Bill Maher, she does that at least that I can remember at least three different times Yeah, where she wants to like pivot the conversation. It's like, are you in physical pain? Like what is going on with this conversation right now that's bothering you so much that you can't like 
get over that mental hurdle to like deal with this. Yeah. That's we your that's weakness. That's like when you're on like you you know you need to hit you know you need to hit uh, a certain amount of of uh, of reps on this one set, and it's like well you're two away from the last you know from finishing. It's like well it's not time to like put the weights down. It's time to like try push to down. push through. Maybe you don't make it, but like because I've been there where it's like damn I just. I can't get it all the way. Ah, it comes down. Oh, I'm gonna try again. I can't get it all the way. Ah, it comes down. But you try to push through. Yeah. You don't just be like, oh no, it's hard. Let's put it down. It's over with. Yeah, because the next time you went up to eight, but the next time you're like, wow, I'm closer to ten reps. Exactly. Now. Damn, how? Well, that was that little push exactly. you had that you didn't make it, but you pushed as hard as you could. Exactly. Yeah. And so that it's the same thing, and. and and that's what I'm saying. It's like, so what you're saying is great, but if somebody doesn't want to even deal with that level of discomfort, it's like, what can what can really be done, you know? Well, yeah, and w- one thing you mentioned, you're talking about how people pivot, and I think then that that's also drinking is pivoting. Oh, yeah. Doing drugs is pivoting. Self-medicating, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to deal eating. with eating. Overeating is 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 pivoting. Uh, like there's ways people over pivot, like or or pivot that you don't. You might not look at it or define it as pivoting, but that's definitely. I had I had a rough week. I need drinks. You yeah. need drinks or you want drinks? I mean, if you want drinks, that's fine. I like drinking. I don't want to drink to to take the stress away. I don't like to link those two because that's a. That's not doesn't sound like a good concoction. Like stress and drinking, and now I feel good. No, like you should look at things for for the beauty of it. Like like there's friend there, there's friends or coworkers that man they're cigar aficionados. You know they're you talk alcohol they're talking oh this is the whiskey this whiskey was done with these barrels and you could tell that they're into that. And that's fine, but when you use that to mask your feelings, well, no, that's not healthy, and that's probably not going to take you somewhere positive. And then you link that together, and and so then that's how you get people who get hooked on this stuff, drugs or or alcohol, to feel better. But you feel better maybe for the moment, but you, then you go back yeah, to the, the yeah, unresolved you're not really issue. Better, yeah. you just it's just you know it just masks the problem. Yeah, so so to me that's that's the that's the thing with Gen Z. It's like they're they're so quick to want to be right. I feel like that's basically the whole point of OK, OK Boomer. Yeah, like you you want to just make it seem like this motherfucker's old, but like you won't really like look at. The generational differences, you know? Yeah. Like, something like, let me give an example. Like, okay, oh, well, if you get a, if you have student loan debt, well, maybe just pay your debt and then you won't have to pay your student loan. Like, you paid it off. Like, that's that simple. Okay, boomer. Yeah. That's like literally almost the equivalent of taking a shot of tequila. Like, okay, boomer. You feel good now. Yeah. You feel amazing right now, right? Because, Oh, you told him. Yeah. No, motherfucker. Uh, what do they call it? Copium. 
Yeah. And it's like you're coping. <laughs> you're coping right now, but like you're really not dealing with the problem, you know. And and that's th- that's the thing with them that's interesting. And and that's why I thought that like us being millennials, we're like the best ones to talk about this because it's like we don't really have a dog in the fight because we're not boomers nor are we Gen Z. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 when it's like you've paid the cost to be the boss sort of yeah. type thing because it's like <laughs> we operate in a way where I think like boomers would respect us. Yeah. But still hip enough where it's like it's like we could be like what Gen Z like aspires to be. Yeah. It's like damn. Fuck. All right. Damn, motherfucker gets the girls, or you know, he always has fresh kicks, or damn, you know, it's it's that type of thing. Yeah. And what's funny about it is like, what they don't Gen Z doesn't realize is like, well, even if you are right, which on most things they're actually wrong, but even if they are right, nobody is ever going to treat you like you're right number one because how you operate like how yeah. you go about it yeah and two you haven't paid the cost to be the boss like no. it's one of those things that it's like you want student loan debt canceled right but it's like what did you get a degree in you got a degree <laughs> in like something that serves nobody yeah because that's the other thing and i i still wouldn't be for it but I have heard a more compelling argument about canceling student loan debt for people that work in fields that are like actually like towards the betterment of society. Yeah. It's like, well, while I still, again, for the record, let me state that I don't agree with it. Yeah. At least that's an argument that I could wrap my mind around. Yeah. But if you got like a film degree and you owe $200,000 in debt, You've never made a movie, not even a short movie, because we we know people like this. Yeah. I've known I've known people that were like seventy grand in debt for a recording degree, and had never stepped foot inside of a recording studio. Yeah. So you're already seventy in the hole, and you've never stepped foot inside a recording studio. Meanwhile, not even us, a bounce, huh? <laughs> not even a bounce. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and and meanwhile us. Who have no student loan debt? Yeah, have all type of songs copyright protected and on iTunes and Spotify. Shameless plug. Check out Audio Apes, all podcast, all yeah. of, all uh, music streaming platforms. But like no student loan debt. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like, well, no, the, there there is no way that you're ever going to be able to convince anybody to pay for your debt because. It's that has produced nothing. Yeah, yeah. That versus, I don't know, maybe somebody that's like a brain surgeon that has that much debt, but like his like saving lives daily. I mean, I I could see that argument. Yeah, you know, I, oh. I at least can like like wrap my mind around that argument because it's like it's like being a brain surgeon in, in like regular you know society is like you're Jordan. Like, you know, there's not a lot of you. So, like, it's okay, like, yeah. we might sway the rules for you because we like, yeah, we need like, you. I don't, I don't like it, but whatever. Like, it's the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Versus. Fuck it. Versus I'm paying for my debt, my life. It's stifled. But, like, 
but look at this degree <laughs> you got. Like, look, you know. I want a fucking party. Exactly. Yeah. Now, this is interesting to me because I remember being younger, right? Do I remember or am I on some Biden shit? No, but like. <laughs> This motherfucker, you saw the other day, he says he was a professor. For, I'm like, God, what is up with this guy? The, and He's the fact, fucked up. And the fact that the media, like, doesn't say anything. Yeah. That's, and then and then I, I only saw this because the Hodge twins, they pointed it out in, in one of their more recent videos. <laughs> he, I guess, I don't know what speech he was given or where he was. So he finishes the speech, and this mother goes to shake somebody's hand that isn't there. What is going on? Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, see dude, that. it's the most mind blowing thing. If you, I'll, I'll send you the video after the show. He's done talking, and then he, he sticks his hand out, and he turns, and he leaves. He's like to the side, turned to the side for like three seconds. I'm like, okay, maybe somebody's walking up to shake his hand or something. That somebody off frame that we can't see, still trying to give. This motherfucker the benefit of the doubt. No, nah, there's nobody there. Damn. It's strange. Lost it. It's strange. That's fucked up. But yeah, nah, that's our president, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be okay. <laughs> 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 no, but back to the point. Um, So I remember like looking at all the mounting shit that millennials had going. And, and it looked like our generation was going to be terrible. And for some of the situations that we're in now, I feel like, you know, we're definitely not the greatest generation. But now that Gen Z is kind of in the spotlight, spotlight, comparing it to millennials, who do you think, like, do you think the Gen Z will suit, like, like over-exceed expectations compared to millennials? Like, if they're, if they're being compared, like, do you think that they're that, that that the Gen Zers are going to be ahead or better than millennials or worse off? Uh To be honest with you, I actually think millennials have the opportunity to be better. I I mean uh I'm sorry. I actually think that Gen Z has the opportunity to be better than millennials. Yeah. I think millennials, by and large, are, like, pretty much where they're at. Like, like, and what I mean by that, not that there's no more room to grow, but, like, I mean, we're in our mid-30s now. Yeah. Like, if you don't have, like, a hustling attitude, I don't know. I don't think you're going to develop it at this yeah. point. If um, you don't have like a creative attitude, I don't think you're going to develop it at this point. If you don't know how to like bag bitches, I don't think you're going to develop it at this point. Yeah. Whereas Gen Z, well, there's still a lot of room for growth. Like Gen Z like could be slapped with the long dick of reality and then be like, oh, fuck. Okay, that shit was like, uh, that was stupid. Let me get my mind right yeah like honestly gen z think about it what would gen z be because let's keep it real Oops. presidents have a huge influence on like where the the culture goes yeah if you think of an era think of the president that was in office during that era 
Yeah. And that is going to be very indicative of the culture in the country at that time. Yeah. Yeah. When I say Reagan, what do you think of? Fucking big thinking. Exactly. 80s. Fucking go big or go home. Yeah. When I say Carter, what do you think of? <laughs> Inflation. Exactly. High interest rates. Exactly. I say Nixon, you know, you think of, you think of like, you know, hippie shit. Like, yeah, like yeah. you know, so, so you, you, you have all of that. What would another four years of Trump and Trump's growth, economic growth, peace around the world? Because let's not forget that like things were rather, rather peaceful around the world. Yeah. What does that do for Gen Z? What does Gen Z sees four more years of that and is like, damn, like shit is shit is sweet. Like a motherfucker can like m grow, you know? Yeah. You don't think of like what Bella Thorne thinks. Oh, everything is so bad. It's like, well, yeah, now it kind of is, but but we had four years of a motherfucker that was like getting shit in order and. You voted against it. So that's the other thing. I see it, what you're saying. You're saying we're like our generation is the ripple effects. We're seeing the ripple effects of Obama, the the, the decade with Obama, basically eight years. Yeah. And but seeing, but also yeah. we don't change like we don't change like our, our voting pattern. It's like, yeah. for instance, a, a, a perfect example is, you know how they say millennials don't own anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't fall into that category, but many millennials don't. Yeah. Um, and and if you think about our our, well, actually, I would say for the most part, our group of friends do own at least at least you know their houses. Yeah. You know, across the board, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think, but. But then, if you you that that's a that's a very narrow scope. If you broaden that scope. And you talk about people that like, we went to high school with and shit, you would see that like, no, like many of them don't own like a house or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So now you take that and it's like, oh, uh, uh, one of the big criticisms towards baby boomers is that, oh, they own everything. They're hoarding all of the wealth. And and things get harder and harder. You know, it's harder and harder for, for a millennial or Gen Z to be able to own a home. Yeah. Well, but you also keep voting for politicians that want to raise taxes on everything, which makes it harder. Yeah. And you also vote for politicians that inflate the dollar, which makes it harder. Yeah. So, like, say what you want about them, but they vote these mo these these were the people that voted Nixon and Reagan in. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, you could give Nixon his criticism for, like, stepping away from the gold standard. Yeah. That obviously, like, helped in terms... Well, hurt in terms of, like, allowing more inflation. Yeah. But it also opened the door for, like, being able to grow a lot when it comes to business. You know so, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So now it's like, well, they... they that's what that's what they voted for. They They voted for that. Who is your generation responsible for voting in? You motherfuckers voted in Obama and Biden because all of you were against Trump. It was really because of the older people like the boomers yeah. that like Trump got in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, well, 
yeah, you could criticize the boomers if you want to b- criticize them. But like when push comes to shove, they see how things are going and they're like, yeah, you know what? Like, we're not fucking with that. You yeah. motherfuckers yeah. like vote. You like continuously dig a hole for yourself. Yeah. What do we what, who do we have a friend now that now he sees the light. He's yeah. like all anti Biden. But when we were in our early 20s. Yeah. He went and and he was very proud and and said, oh, you know, and, and he vocalized, oh, I'm gonna go vote for yeah. Obama. I, we, or it was the second term. Big Obama. I, I went to go. He said, what did he say? I don't forget. He's like, yeah, man. You know, we just came back from voting to keep the president in office, and I'll never forget what I said. I was like, it's so funny to me that somebody could so could be so enthusiastic about voting against their own self interest, <laughs> <laughs> and now this person. He sees it because now he's so anti-Biden. It's like... Well, because you get to the point where, oh, I own now. Oh, I pay taxes now. Exactly. Oh, shit. Exactly. This is real life. Exactly. Yeah. So, but that's my... Po- that that goes to enforce my point is like, well, look at the way you vote compared to like, look at the way the boomers voted. So, yeah, yeah like, this is what happens, Mitch. Like, this yeah. is the situation you put yourself in. Why? Because you want to consume these small little snippets and sound bites rather than like do any like real research or look into anything yeah. be informed about anything like that and so i say all of that to answer your question is like i still feel like gen z is young enough where they can pivot yeah. based off of like for instance right now they could look at things and be like damn there's no opportunities. There's they're 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 young enough to change it, but they're old enough to be able to kind of juxtapose Biden's presidency to Trump's presidency. Yeah. And be like, damn, well, shit was more peaceful with yeah. dude. Like everybody, like, if I look at this realistically, blur out all the noise that the media and social media and all the wokesters are saying. And just like look at what is like factually in front of me. Yeah. Things were more peaceful with this guy in office. And now if this guy is to come back to office and we see like a quick turnaround. Yeah. We could possibly see that generation vote Republican the rest of their life. Yeah. And you know what? Because yeah. that's at a pivotal age. That's at an age where like it matters. And, and at that age. That, they, they would that to them. That would be what. The story we've told about Obama in our early 20s, had we had a Trump in office at that age, yeah, imagine, like, you know, we oh, would be further dude, ahead. We would be fucking so our ahead. mindset wouldn't have changed because, like, we were always informed about this stuff. But somebody who isn't informed about it, they might be like, damn, you know what? Like, my life is better, like, yeah. under, like, these, this set of principles, this, this set of policies... Yeah, this is how I'm gonna vote. And if you look at like culture as it is, as far as the conservatives, as far as the right side, it's like I would say Gen Zers are in some way, shape, or form have affected the rise of a Ben Shapiro, the rise of a Crowder. Like as much as we want to talk shit, like I, I mean, if you look at the percentages, I'm sure there's not as many boomers on YouTube as there is Gen Zers. Yeah. So, you know, I did. I, I felt shocked when when kids that were 18 to 24 
were talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, Ben Shapiro, he makes some valid points. What the fuck? Some wild shit. This is young people talking about this shit. When Brian Stelter was at the University of Chicago, (laughs) that one student, he destroyed his ass. Yeah, yeah. In liberal Chicago, a young college student, I say, you don't expect to see that. Yeah, so, so in a way, you do see, you don't see it like, I guess it's because you see that they're, Gen Zers are in like a weird spot culturally because mainstream culture shows one thing. Yeah. But then at the same time, even through mainstream culture having such a grip on society, there's the the right somehow kind of creating their own yeah. lane. And uh, you do it, need... It's that, it's that parallel universe thing. Yeah. The, the only thing is, it's like... And, and I and I imagine this is why these tech companies are so for censorship is because they see it. The Gen Z culture, they don't uh, that 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 demographic, they consume more of their content from tech companies than they do like yeah. CNN or Fox or anything like that. Yeah, and so when Crowder does great on YouTube, Ben Shapiro owns Facebook basically when it comes to numbers. You know, Bill Maher is always trending on Twitter, even though Bill Maher is not to the to the right, but Bill Maher is anti-woke. You start seeing like, oh, shit. Culture, like like mainstream culture, big tech, they want to censor that, but you still see the cracks. Yeah. And, I mean, we can't just say, oh. And uh, hence the whole yeah. controversy with Elon Musk yeah. right now. It's not just millennials and boomers on these platforms. Gen Zers probably outdo us really yeah. in those platforms so that means that they're in part responsible for some of this shit that's going on all they need uh, all they yeah. need is for the message of the right wing to culminate in some actual like results for them that like like tenable res- results yeah for them to like totally change you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. I think millennials kind of very much get in the way of that because I said millennials by and large are sort of stuck in their ways. I mean, like now, yeah, we're seeing certain millennials start to change their mind a little bit, but that's only because this motherfucker is like so awful. By yeah. Me. Yeah. Like yeah. who wouldn't? Yeah, you know what I'm point, saying? Yeah. Who wouldn't? But you still get people that are like, "Oh, I uh, I miss Obama so much." It's like, like well, I would have voted him for a third time yeah. <laughs> if I could. You know, <laughs> like from uh, from Get Out. Yeah. yeah, you know that type of shit. But uh, so it's like, yeah, well, you haven't really woken up. It's just that like you see things a little bit differently because it Biden is you. so awful yeah. and it affects you. I mean, when when you go to the store and you got to burn, I don't know what, uh, uh, a fourth of your paycheck just on groceries because things are so expensive. You're going to want some questions answered. Yeah. You know, um, but that's the other thing is this provides an opportunity if things change, you know, in, in the 2024 election. Well, actually, if we start to see things change this year with the midterm, because I don't know if you noticed. The left, you could tell they're getting desperate. They're starting to 
to to tout the whole idea of of uh, the student loan debt cancellation again. Yeah, yeah. It's like they need something. You please, know? please. Yeah, <laughs> but um, if we see a difference, you know, after the midterms and then into the next presidential election, again, like I said, something tenable. I think it would be enough for. Gen Z to be like, oh man, like, well, now nah, this is the way to go. Like, we we've gotten a firsthand look at a pivotal age at, at two different types of 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 uh, routes to take, and this is the route that I want to take. True. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, you can donate an amount of your choosing on our website. And if you know somebody that would be interested I said that already. I keep doing yeah. that. I keep doing that. Well, every, but again, I don't mind it at all. <laughs> if you know somebody that would be interested, please share the episode with them. We're on our podcast platform. And finally, if you know uh, somebody that would be interested, please share. No, no, right. no. That time was that time was intentional. No, but uh, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.